Star Wars 7x7 episode 1980. It's Empire Strikes Back Day! Yes, indeed! <laughs> this is the episode number where the year matches up with the release of Empire Strikes Back. And as with the 1977 episode earlier this week, we're going to talk about the theme of family in the Empire Strikes Back because this is where it really becomes about family. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. So, we talked about the notion of family in the original Star Wars movie, aka A New Hope, just a couple of days ago. And that was something where you kind of had to layer family onto it if you wanted to see it that way. Like I said in the episode, it was sort of a from a certain point of view situation. And it is odd that we have a lot of people from broken families coming together to make a sort of family of their own in the original Star Wars. Well, The Empire Strikes Back doesn't necessarily play on the themes of family for the lion's share of the movie. And then suddenly it's all about family. Holy crow is it all about family. Now, in the past I've talked about my experience with Star Wars on the show and how I don't really have a memory I can access of seeing a Star Wars movie in theaters until seeing Return of the Jedi in 1983. So that means that I don't really have any recollection that I can access. I wish, like, put me into hypnotherapy or something so I can somehow access the memory of myself experiencing the reveal for the first time. Like, I wish I had access to that memory. For whatever reason, I do not. But man oh man, I do know that even though Return of the Jedi was the first movie I remember seeing in theaters, I do remember the run up to Return of the Jedi and the constant drumbeat in my head thinking, there is no way, there's no way on earth that Darth Vader could be Luke Skywalker's father. Like there is no way. So it's not even just The Empire Strikes Back, but it's also the three years in between Empire and Jedi, where just the notion of the family dynamics of the situation were insane, right? I mean, how could you possibly imagine that the most evil person in the world also happens to be the dad of the ostensible hero of this new set of movies that we're all experiencing? And I think we probably would have all thought it was just some crazy, ridiculous delusion or lie or some sort of nonsense out of Darth Vader's mouth if it weren't for the fact that Luke is wandering around with that thing on the stump of his hand going, Father and Ben, why didn't you tell me? Like, he knew somehow he knew or how did he sense it to be true. Like, how did that actually happen? He was utterly and completely convinced. And sure, it's been three years since the events of A New Hope, both in our universe and in-universe in the galaxy far, far away. But at the time, the only adventure that we know about or that we have the potential opportunity to access is Splinter of the Mind's Eye and the Star Wars comics. But I would suggest that Compared to the movie-watching audience of Star Wars, not nearly as many people were consuming the books and the comics. I mean, I'm sure a good significant chunk were, but I would say most of the movie-going public was pretty much unaware of interactions that were happening between the Rebels and Darth Vader in that intervening time period. And so it really does come 
so out of incredibly nowhere, this happening. And I would also say that this is really the moment where Star Wars becomes an actual space opera. Like, that's the genre that it's been described as for many years, but I don't think you could really necessarily describe A New Hope as a space opera, but certainly Star Wars rises to the level of space opera by pulling off that reveal. And that reveal is also the moment that really officially it becomes the Skywalker saga. I mean, up until this point, this is a revenge story. Yeah, there's the larger galactic conflict happening, but this is also a very personal story of one kid who is growing up and trying to train to get to the point where he can kill the man who killed his father, right? I mean, he's basically Mandy Mantankin in The Princess Bride. Like, I am Indigo Montoya, you killed my father, prepare to die. And imagine if Christopher Guest said to him, no, I am your father. That would have really thrown The Princess Bride for a loop for sure. But that's what happens here in The Empire Strikes Back. And you just don't see it coming. And it is, I mean, it's still impossible to comprehend. But here we are nearly 40 years later and no trick in cinema has ever done anything like this. Like, you can throw the usual suspects at it, or The Sixth Sense, or other movies like that. But this sucker redefined not just this movie, but the last movie before it, too. Like, it took two movies. And so, as a result, it also becomes the flashpoint for the question of which order to watch the movies in. And that's really very specific. It's because it's all about whether to preserve that surprise. Like, that's ultimately what it comes down to. And if you're going to watch the movies in any order, I mean, if you've seen them all, you can watch them in any order you want to. It doesn't matter whatsoever. It's all about the person who's never seen it before and whether you want to preserve that moment for them. That is the only reason that we are really having these discussions about what order you should watch the Star Wars movies in. And there's one last thing that I want to pursue with the family dynamic in The Empire Strikes Back, and I'm going to do that after the break. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Razor. I've made some changes to the asteroid belt level at patreon.com SW7X7, and they are all with sponsors in mind. So if you want to get the word out about your business, your product, your service to a dedicated Star Wars audience, then please check out patreon.com SW7X7 and look for the asteroid belt level for details. Again, that's patreon.com SW7X7. Welcome back. So it always struck me as a little bit odd that the way Empire Strikes Back ended was with Lando and Chewie heading off to see what happened to Han Solo and Leia and Luke staying behind on the Rebel medical frigate. Now, I mean, it's actually not so much odd about Luke because he's getting his new hand attached and getting used to it and whatnot. And it's Leia more than anything. Like, why is she staying behind? She has every reason and right to be going out on the adventure. But on the one hand, you know, Lando and Chewie are well acquainted with the scoundrel side of things in the galaxy, and so it does kind of make sense. But it's also interesting that we have the two youngest characters in the movie, Luke and Leia, who are staying behind. They're being kept on the ship while the adults go off 
to try and figure out how to fix the mess that's happened. And the way they're depicted is very young too, like it highlights their youth, you know, they're in white, their you know, look, their costuming, their, you know, their whole vibe is very young. They are meant to be shown as vulnerable after everything that's happened to them. And I do wonder if this is the point at which Lucas knew finally, secretly, that Luke and Leia were brother and sister, and that's another reason why he had them stay behind together. You know, it's kind of follows through that whole business of, yeah, let's leave the kids behind, right? But yeah, I could just be adding on to it after the fact, but it's hard not to think of it that way when you know everything about the Star Wars movies at this point, because you've seen them all, right? You know, it's hard to think about this movie just in isolation anymore. But yeah, thinking about that final scene through the lens of a family perspective made me, you know, feel kind of differently about it. So I wonder if it does the same thing for you. By all means, let me know what you think about Empire viewed through the lens of family at any place that you catch this episode or home base at sw7x7.com. And that is going to do it for the episode today. Thank you so much for joining me for it. As always, and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademarks and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.